Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Nobel Peace Prize. I'm Dan. I'm Ben. And I'm Jess. Really lovely to be here with you today, Jess. <laughs> welcome Thank to the you. podcast. Thank you, lovely to be here. And uh, we do actually have another guest, which, if you can hear it in the background, they are the builders in my house, for which I apologise if they are a bit loud. But, um, yeah, um, today we are talking about nostalgia, which is one of my favourite um, themes in all of music. Uh, but before we get there, we thought we'd just share with you some music that we've been listening to this week. So over to you, Jess. So my music that I've been listening to this week, I'm a bit embarrassed to share, but um don't know if you know, but Taylor Swift's uh, new version of Fearless has been recently released. Um, and me and my friend Alicia from uni have been listening to that absolutely nonstop ever since it came out. Um, we were driving, we went out for dinner the other day and we were driving back and I had my roof down and we, I work in a boarding school and we came back in and the roof was down and we were just like blasting out Taylor Swift. I hope all the staff enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, literally nonstop. I've also listened, um, Ben Howard's new album has come out recently. I mean, great surprise because he hasn't had any new music for so long. Um, it's a bit different to his previous albums I think but it'd be a bit boring if it was all the same so yeah Yeah. what a day it's probably my favorite track from that one um and then I've also this is not really my personal pleasure but um I'm coaching chamber orchestra at school at the moment and they're doing Vivaldi's uh concerto in B minor for four violins oh cool um yeah so I've been listening to that a bit because you know gotta know the piece to um (laughs) to teach it and yeah it's 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 a good piece. There's, I think it's the third movement, incredibly fast and sounds really scary, but I think it's not actually that technically difficult to play. But yeah. That's cool. You play all four violin parts at once. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> all four. Yeah. Just I just add on my two extra arms and then, and then <laughs> is it, is it a concerto for four violinists, but only one violin. So they all have to play. That's another good idea, actually. These are all good ideas which you keep getting them out. Very yeah. good idea. Well, do, do you want to like play a bit of the um Taylor Swift one or something. Of the Taylor Swift. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, okay. I'm gonna do Mr. Perfectly Fine because I've been listening to it so much. I'm now going to skip to the key change because it's my favorite bit of the song. <laughs> now I miss gonna be alright someday. And someday maybe you'll miss me, but by then you'll be Mr. Too So yeah, that's a bit of Taylor for you to brighten up your past. I really like that. Yeah, I, I really like it. Yeah. Apologetic the key change was as well. It's literally just like <laughs> I that. thought it was gonna be like a modulation. <laughs> yeah. She does another one in her new version of like Love Story. She released it before she released her new album, like her new version. Um, but it took I felt like such a bad musician because the key change was not very obvious, unlike in this one. And I was like, 
it's literally the same version. I was like, what is everyone talking about? This is the same song. She's she's conning everyone, but it's very subtle. Yeah. It's definitely a more um, feminine choice. I wonder how many male listeners she has, actually. Well, she'll have at least one now. <laughs> We're going to go on the Taylor Swift streak. Yeah, I'll, I'll be on a Taylor Swift streak. I, I thought I'd bring on some James Blunt. No, Maybe. I'm afraid not. It's not. It's actually some Vorjak that I've been listening to, and it's beautiful. Um, basically, uh, let me just find it. Um, he wrote a set of four romantic pieces for violin and piano, and they are so gorgeous. This is the first one from the set. And to be fair, I kind of picked it because it fits really nicely into the nostalgia theme that we're going to talk about later. So okay. I thought if I talk about it now, I've cheekily given like two or three choices rather than just one. Um, also, I thought I'd pick it because Jess, I want to play it with you. So we're going to organize Yes, that. I'm so up for that. Great, cool. Well, here we go. Um, okay, here is Vorjack, four romantic pieces with ad-lib builders working in the background. just wonderful that really was beautiful oh my gosh we have to play it we have to play that we are gonna who's, who's the violinist on the recording okay the violinist is renault Capuso. uh classic what a guy yeah, great yeah can't um, go wrong with him he's got such a smooth like i feel like every piece he's played he just plays it so smoothly i'm like mm. how do you get there it's almost like he's playing in honey or something Oh, I love that expression, playing in honey. Okay, I'm going to yeah. steal that. Uh, I'm just going to play you. Uh, this this guy is an Irish fiddle player called Fergal Skyle, and um, and he his YouTube channel. He, he's just kind of jams with like loads of different people that he meets and records different um, tunes all the time. So it's a great uh, resource if you're looking for melodies. But in in 2019, he did um like a tune, a different tune every day of the year for the whole year um i mean there are literally like hundreds to um to choose from so i just picked one um and yeah thought i thought you should see and i i, I think i one of the things i love so much about like irish music is just how spontaneous it can be um mm -hmm. if you both know the melody just being able to play with each other and he has yeah. a trio as well called we Banjo three who who do like crossover country type stuff as well, so that's worth. Listening. That's really cool. Here you go. <laughs> Impossible.
would be scared throwing that bow at the end. Yeah. <laughs> it just has such a unique sound, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. Especially yeah. with the guitar. Yeah, exactly. And like, well, it's just the for the uh, violin, like the bowing, the way that the amount of rhythm that there is in like the bowing yeah. is really cool. But I find yeah. the the way they accompany it with the guitars and um, bazookies and stuff, it's so cool how because obviously there's no like written out accompaniment, so they're just playing chords that fit. But it's such a specific thing where like they often keep the main um, like the tonic of the key in all of the chords and like or even the fifth of the key in all of the chords as well it's a really strange way of accompanying but it works super well so yeah, yeah cool good stuff yeah. I, went, I love the way when he makes a mistake he, they both just laughed at it as well <laughs> yeah I think that's how music should be played like I just don't I just don't think I should I'd much rather go and I was reading I've been reading um this is your brain on music by um oh, David Leverton um and they he was saying like um you'd much rather go and listen to a really like impact impassioned performance that had lots of mistakes in but that actually yeah. said something and listening to a perfect yeah. recording because like that is yeah. what music is about isn't it instead of definitely yeah playing by rote. yeah and, and that's why is. quite often like performances by youth orchestras and amateur orchestras are 10 times more exciting than those by professional orchestras because so, they're, they're up for a bit of experimentation. I think yeah, there's yeah. age as well, where um, where uh, the the kind of studio recordings have become so prominent in the way that we listen to music because they're all they're not real. Like even when you listen yeah. to like, the Berlin, a recording of like the Berlin Phil, it's not real. It's different takes stitched yeah. together, and it's all balanced so that it sounds perfect. And the audio engineers, yeah. like it's not real. And and I think we've no. kind of lost that. Um, like we've almost lost the ability to enjoy live performances to that mm. same level because we're used to the perfection of recordings. So yeah. yeah. Well, shall we talk about nostalgia? I mean, we kind of have been now, and like nostalgia for the music world that we've lost over the last year, but which is coming back. But um, Jeff, we'd love to hear your choices and what you think of nostalgia yeah. in music. Okay, so my first choice, and this is the really obvious choice. Um, but this, so my first choice is Brooks Violin Concerto, um, number one in G minor. And the reason I've chosen this is because this was like the first big piece that I played when I was at school. Um, and the reason that it means so much to me is because like me and my family are going through quite a difficult time when I was learning this. Um, and I'd also, um, like changed violin teachers and I was going, you know, like, the violin was it was turbulent um but I carried on like teaching myself um and I only ended up playing the first two movements actually but I got up there and I did it like despite everything and it was honestly like one of the best moments of my life and I think it just made me realize how much I love performing and like having the orchestra there like playing with me after you know that feeling when you've been learning something on your own for so long and then it all comes together and everyone's playing with you it was just amazing and it's still like just my favorite violin piece ever. I know it's so overrated. And even Brooke began to hate it once he'd written it because um, like loads of his, uh, like he kept writing more pieces and they just didn't get recognition. Um, but I just think it's such a beautiful, such a beautiful piece. Um, and the rec recording, oh, I hope I've got the right recording up on my Spotify is the one with Nigel Kennedy, because he is my fave. I know a lot of people all feel a bit controversial about him, but um, yeah, Nigel, Nigel's my fave.
recording actually like best there's a video of him playing it in 1982 Nigel Kennedy when he's really young and I I personally just love it because it's like what you're saying about young players you can mm. see how much he loves the music and he isn't he isn't that like classical like he's a bit of a classical prodigy but he hasn't had all those years of the training and it's just the pure music that's coming out yeah. <laughs> it reminds me um very very strongly of the Mendelssohn in some places really strongly it's like a, yeah. it's just like a more romantic sort of Mendelssohn concerto isn't it yeah especially like the Mendelssohn second movement that has so many notes like leaning into each other that I mm. think the brook the brook there are so many notes like sustained across the bars which really which really get that Build like legato yeah I think that's how they do it it's the sustained notes that just hold and then they fall yeah yeah that was sort of like his magnum opus brook wasn't it really he didn't sort of write much else that became as no and i think he got he became really depressed afterwards um i guess but but i guess it was so climactic and then his career just went yeah but he's written some he's written some lovely like scottish fantasy beautiful i guess that's kind of quite popular colney dre his second violin concerto is still lovely it's just not played as much um (laughs) Yeah, I think it's he wrote three violin concertos in social, didn't he? And uh, yeah, people just—I think there's only like one recording I could find on Spotify of the second and third, and you just think, "Come on, we we want to hear that." Also, yeah. just going to do a tiny bit of plug-in, but Brooke also wrote a beautiful double concerto, which is either for clarinet and viola or violin and viola. And come and see the Watford Youth Symphonia do it on August the twenty-first oh. this year. Um, so my second choice is I don't know if you've heard the song is Riverman by Nick Drake um, and I um, was introduced to this song when actually Dan you sort of know this connection um, Ellie Turner who plays in Ranagrai yeah that's yeah. amazing harpist right like, yeah incredible well. yeah yeah and she's just an incredible person as well um absolutely love her um but she so I um look after her daughter loads um and we went to get she had a band rehearsal and I went with her to the band rehearsal um and I stayed over and met the band and one of the band members Joe uh, he just like I think I've never met someone who's more passionate about music um, for and it was just incredible I was like yes like this is what I felt so inspired um so this song reminds me of when we of when we met them and I then went on tour with them looking after the Artemis later um and just had the best time so this song just always reminds me of that but um the it this it's the string part in Riverman which I just think is incredible just so beautiful and it's so melancholy yeah elusive and yeah I just love it um so Nigel Kennedy's actually done a version of it but I'm playing the original original take Betty came by on the way Said she had a word to say About things today And fallen leaves Said she hadn't heard the news Hadn't had the time to choose Way to lose Gonna see the river man Gonna tell him all I can About the plan For of time If he tells me all he knows About the way his river flows Summertime 
I love that um it's like in the middle of that extract with the strings um kind of very minor than major and it was it's lovely. Yeah, so it's yeah. Yeah. really such a subtle change, but it's so mm. yeah. I um I read that he he was trying to it was like inspired by like I don't know how to say his name right, Delius. Delius. Um, Delius, sorry. Delius. No, 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 yeah, when he commissioned when he commissioned the like orchestration, that was like the kind of like he wanted like a very English ah. kind of mm. Yeah. Um, vibe so yeah, yeah i just i just i just think the strings just i think strings should be more prominent in so many pieces because i just think they can add so much like it annoys me when people say like violin is so classical and everything because i i just think it can add that layer of the texture and yeah just just works but i, I think it has to work in the right way and i just think it works so well there okay yeah. so this next song um is another song that has strings in it um it's called conversation by lucy rose um and me and my friend were listening to like a song every day in in lockdown um so this just reminds me of that strange period last year when i'd just come home from uni um and then we weren't able to go back um and everyone was kind of milling around not really sure what to do um but i love this um I love this song. I think it's really intimate and and raw and and fragile. Um, and yeah, I just think, yeah. And again, I think the strings the strings really add something to it. Um, but Lucy Rose's voice is so pure and really unique. I think. Um, yeah. So I just think the timbre is just beautiful uh, along with the lyrics. Read me wrong, you won't be the first I'm sure as hell not the last No one told us this was easy But we felt like it should have been I just wanted to keep it playing to that bit because I really love that bit where it yeah, just such a nice yeah that was a, a surprise like, I, I oh. thought it was one of the most beautiful things I've heard in quite a long time actually really <laughs> yeah oh. it's, it's I mean it completely matches that nostalgic feel I mean with the kind of harmonics in the strings at the beginning and it's, it's just so gentle but also very emotive so yeah I'm okay I'm gonna do this again and it's quite a basic one but um it's very nostalgic for me um, so this is If You Love Me um, by Talis. And oh. this is really nostalgic for me because we sung this, um, I think I was about, I was, it was, I was either 15 or 17 and we went on tour um, at school and we sang this in Germany. And it was, we sang it in this beautiful kind of like white chapel um, and just, oh, I just, I just love choral singing. Like it was just incredible. Like all the, all the yeah. chords just like coming together and feeling this wall of sound just envelop you like all around. Just amazing. Um, but funny story, actually, I think it was this night that we performed this. Um, our organist broke the organ. <laughs> Oh, no. where we were singing. <laughs> I think they did fix it in the end, but that was a bit of a clava. But yeah, that was just. Oh, it's just a, I have so many nice memories from that tour. We played, we played such like schmaltzy music, um, and yeah, just, just so beautiful. And another choice that I would have picked was Arben Lied. 
Um, oh, and I remember, Weinberger, is it? Yeah, I remember yeah, the, 24, the 24 did it. Um, yeah, it was fair, yeah, it's nice. It's and such, I, like, pure cheese. It's really oh, Yeah, but it's just... <laughs> I just love it and like, I had yeah. them I was like this brings back so many memories um yeah just beautiful And I loved seeing you mouth along to that. That was, that was <laughs> sorry. Really <laughs> looks really out of time as well because <laughs> delayed. Yeah. Very sweet then. Yeah. Yeah. Lovely. a lovely choice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Such a be- beautiful, warm sound. Yeah. Ooh. Well. Very good. Thank you so much for your choices, Jess. I love thank you for letting me share them. I, I, I think that should go next. Go on then. Ben. Yeah, go follow next. the chalice. And we'll okay. save Dan's surprise for the end. <laughs> <laughs> well cool so well i mean dan, i think dan's gonna be better than mine for this topic because i i i struggle a lot with this because i guess because it's difficult to know what approach to take is it music about nostalgia um is it me like is it music that we feel um nostalgic but about a certain time when we listen to it because obviously like most of the stuff that I do I can't really feel nostalgic about because it was so long ago that not even any of my recent ancestors remember listening to that kind of music so it's a difficult um difficult thing or you know is it like music that we associate with a particular experience of nostalgia and all this thing so yeah it's difficult to know what what angle to take on it uh, but the first I feel thing like I'm in a music and emotion lecture. Sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so deep, Ben. Uh, I'm just I'm just destined to be a lecturer, aren't I? Depressing. Um, the first thing I picked is um, some barbershop, actually, um, for you. Classic. Of course. Um, like, there's a lot of that early American music that sounds really nostalgic to me because it's so strongly uh, has the sound of a specific era i guess it's kind of like wartime music here you know music of like the 1910s and 20s um has such uh strong cultural associations for us and obviously barbershop is a lot of that music uh, the older barbershop is a lot of that music american songs that have been arranged and stuff this particular one is a medley of old songs um it's called the old songs medley uh, and it's Boston Common who are who are kind of like the fine wines of barbershop music. Um, they were um, they were big sort of back in the nineteen eighties. Um, so this is quite an old video. I apologise for the for the terrible sound quality, but um, this whole uh, medley is just a bunch of old American songs that um, kind of make you feel nostalgic. But I'm going to play you particularly. Um, the tag at the end because I think it's quite nicely sums up the topic. You're the only girl for me. Seems too bad as the years go by. You seldom hear. 
the light of the moon there were songs about Broadway and old Harold Square the banks of the Wabash how I long to be there I could almost like yeah. hear it, and I was like, "Come on, go for it!" It's one of the most <laughs> yeah, satisfying was... resolutions yeah. in history of music. Oh, but yeah, I mean so that's a legendary performance, and I just think it like sums up the topic of nostalgia. Um, yeah, I think I didn't you um you posted like a similar song. Yeah, we did. We uh, yesterday we did. Um, it wasn't that uh, song, but it was a similar. It was like an old um tag. Yeah, that we did. Mm. Yeah, it was cool. I liked the. I mean, obviously your singing was great then, but I liked um the tenor, tenor line. Yeah, Kieran, we've had him on the podcast actually. We haven't released his episode yet. We did um. Um, this was again when I was at school. I feel like all my musical experiences when I was at school haven't haven't lived since doing music at uni. But um, we did like when you wish upon a star oh, when we were at school. Oh, but it just makes me laugh because obviously we did it as like a choral. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was quite very cheesy. Um, I know I mentioned the music of the sixties uh, earlier actually, but um, I guess for me, like growing up, um, a lot of the music that I the earliest music that I went that I heard live was seeing my granddad's band when he used to do uh, like the rock and roll reunions in Bradford. He used to be in a band called the Dingoes way back, like when he was uh, like before he met my grandma, and uh, and they were quite big in Bradford, uh, like in the rock and roll scene. Um, they actually once um, did a a show where the Rolling Stones were the backup act to their band because they were actually more famous no than the Rolling Stones were um, at that That's time. That's amazing. But, um, what claim to fame? I know, it's not bad, is it? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, a lot... So, like, one of the big um, names of music in that era in England was Joe Brown, who uh, is somebody that I've... Uh, be, I went to watch with my grandma and granddad quite a lot of times when I was younger as well. And he's still, like, touring. I don't even know how old. He must be, like... He's 79, yeah, and he's still touring. Um, Impressive. And, yeah, yeah. And and so I've got a a live recording of him singing from a tour that I actually went to, which was in 2012. Um, And it's funny hearing him sing these old, really old songs that he's been singing Mm. since he was really young but still singing them now as an old man and yeah like, the kind of nostalgia that I you can tell he gets from you know like singing stuff early in his career and and I guess there's something about the sound of like uh, you know British like skiffle music and things that um, again I guess it has that like post-war second world war kind of sound as well which is something that's quite nostalgic Ladies and gentlemen, uh, I'll bet you're saying to yourself, he hasn't done any of his old ones yet, has he? <laughs> well, you know, I, I don't do them all, because quite frankly, some of them are a little bit young for me now. <laughs> now, when I know, you've got to sing these songs with a certain amount of conviction, haven't you? Whatever you're singing. I mean, this song, that I had a big hit with it, and we get a lot of requests for it. 
It's all about a bloke sitting up the back row of the pictures with his 18-year-old bird. I mean, how can I relate to that? Well, I haven't been up the back row of the pictures with an 18-year-old bird since I was what? 18? Wasn't you, was it, lady? Blimey, you put a bit of weight on, didn't you? <laughs> Start that music. Okay. <laughs> I want. Two, a one, two, three, four. Never heard it before, me not. It'll come to you. It was. Ah. That yellow dress you wore when we went dancing Sunday nights. That smile you give me when they dim the lights out Trying in vain To wash the memory from my brain I can't forget you And that's what love will do That's what love will do The spins we took together On my beat-out motorbike That look your pa would give me When we got back late at night I tried in vain To wash the memory from my stuff just um because i heard so much um stuff like that when i was younger it's like it influenced my um music interested music a lot so yeah so um, getting serious getting serious now yeah okay i even i even have a post-it note with some stuff on it (laughs) (laughs) okay so i did a little bit of thinking slash research as to what the word nostalgia actually means comes from um so it originates from Greek words nostos, which means homecoming, and algos, which means pain or aching. Mm-hmm. So already there's this juxtaposition between the idea of a place so comforting that you long for, long for it and the aching of knowing that you're not there. So this leads well to the modern definition I think we all associate with nostalgia, which is the feeling of pleasure and also slight sadness when you think of things that happened in the past. And for me, this is the most beautiful, bittersweet emotion because it allows you to feel the emotional power of cherishing a beautiful memory from the past. And there's no better way than music to kind of document that memory for you to treasure forever. So I've picked two, two choices today. Um, what The first one is by Robert Schumann, and it is a beautiful song that he wrote called Mondnacht, which is basically Midnight. Uh, moonlit night mm-hmm. um, and it's basically um, it's a be- beautiful poem which I'll just quickly read to you now it was as though heaven had softly kissed the earth so that she in a gleam of blossom had only to dream of him the breeze passed through the fields the corn swayed gently to and fro the forests murmured softly the night was so clear with stars and my soul spread her wings out wide Flew across the silent land and is so flying home. So at the very end, flying home, we've got the, oh. the idea of homecoming. But um, for me, this poem kind of just encapsulates mm-hmm. a cherished moment in the, the narrator's mm-hmm. past that he wants to relive in euphoric yet nostalgic joy. I love that so, image of, of spreading your soul out wide. Oh, it's a beautiful image, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes. I, the kind of like otherworldly joy that you get from that moment definitely yeah. um but schumann wrote the most beautiful song uh, from this but i'm actually not going to play you that i'm going to play you an arrangement that clara schumann made just Amazing. for piano 
yeah mm -hmm. just for piano um and it's beautiful to play so i really recommend you go out there and get the music but this is played by isa takana mason who is an incredible incredible pianist um and the most amazing thing I think about the entire family is that they're all really famous now, but they're all so humble and just yeah. such wonderful human beings. And like, I, mm -hmm. I actually messaged Isita after I listened to this and I was like, thank you so much for playing this so beautifully. And she she sent me a reply and she was like, oh, I'm so glad Aww. you liked it. And I just thought, what a wonderful person. Yeah. I mean, amazing. not many artists as famous as her yeah. would do that. But her... Um, um, her recording of Three Romances is my favourite recording out of all of them yeah. with um, Eleanor, Eleanor Uriusti. I'm not quite sure how to pronounce her name, oh, but yeah, right. she's just, she's just incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry, I just had to wait for that dissonance with the G sharp. Oh. It's, like, it's gorgeous. Don't say sorry. I could have listened all day. So I, I beautiful. Hmm. The control it must take for her to play those repeated yeah. notes. Uh, no, I completely agree. Like the control to play it so peacefully, um, so that nothing sticks out. But yeah, I, for me, that just represents pure memory and thinking of a beautiful moment in the past. Um, and that's actually linking to what my next choice is, but this is not just a moment in the past, but perhaps a whole year in the past. Um, okay. Um, basically, I've mentioned this before, but Benny Anderson, who wrote all the ABBA songs, has <laughs> done a beautiful solo disc. Um, and with quite a few of the ABBA songs as covers, piano covers, and they are so intimate. It's literally just sounds like him sitting down at a piano and just playing the music that he wrote um, that has been his entire life and it just comes straight from the heart. But one is called Happy New Year, which is, I think, such an underrated ever song. I think it's so gorgeous, but it's definitely that sense of nostalgia because it's looking back on the year that you've had and kind of thinking of the highs and the lows and cherishing the highs, you know, feeling I don't know, well, sad, sad obviously about the lows, but looking ahead to the future and taking taking this year with you, building you as a person, etc. Um, but it's it's not just the nostalgia of looking back on the year. There's just something nostalgic about ABBA. I really don't know what it is. I think it's the fact that I think a lot of our generation kind of grew up with it. Um, yeah. I know it's, it's not like they wrote the songs 20 years before we were born. Mm -hmm. but It's like a hangover. Yeah, yeah, I feel like... Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I, I love those songs when I was like five, six, seven years old, and I still love them today, and they still make me happier than, you know, like, yeah. So for me, ultimate nostalgia would be this, and I think he plays it so beautifully.
hope you liked it. <laughs> oh, that was so lovely. Do you know, I feel like I could almost hear voice in yeah. the piano melody. I don't know how he got that, but amazing. And some of those chords, I mean... <sighs> Uh, yeah, oh, they incredible. really put an emotional punch, don't they? Just one, one changed note that you're not expecting. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I agree. Um, it's like, you know, Mendelssohn wrote his songs without words. It's yeah. literally like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. And I yeah, always had a sort of knack from melody, but it is the movement of the harmony mm-hmm. underneath and the, the way it's written out that really makes a melody yeah. like sing, I think. That's... Um, it, yeah. I honestly think um, yeah. you're completely right. Uh, I just think they wrote the best melodies in the last mm. century, really. Um, mm. uh, yeah, and it really resonates. It makes me feel nostalgic. Um, makes me think about things that have happened that I cherish, things that might happen mm. in the future. So, yeah. Do well, I have to pick my favourite now? Yeah, really I guess sorry. so. Yeah. I have to say, Ben, I'm really sorry. <laughs> That's fair enough. I definitely Dan's, Dan's, to be honest, both of Dan's choices were my favourite, but I did like yours also. Yeah, yeah, they were yeah. all very lovely. Um, but I think the favourite one would be actually, I think I would have expected it to be the Clara Schumann, but it was actually the Benny Anderson. Mm. I just, yeah, I, yeah, I just, are you're right. Like it just does have interesting, like the chords yeah. and. Yeah. yeah no, I, uh, well, thank you. Thank you, first of all. And I'm really glad you liked them. And I honestly. Sounds <laughs> like think, I won. <laughs> yeah, I want to be so happy right now. <laughs> well, I think, I think, yeah, like so, solo piano is always a, a good bet for like that really introvert, like introspective. Yeah, piano. but I, I also really, I also like love, um, love voice. So I, I did really like your choices as well. Um, yeah. Look at the, especially the chords in, in that barbershop. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fantastic. Um, can I just say that, like, I really recommend this is the um, because all of well, the whole album is called Just Literally Piano, which is really inventive. But all of all the tracks oh, you can get are, the sheet music for so it. Musical. You can get the sheet music. Yeah. No so way. this has all of them in, um, and I really recommend it. So are they his own arrangements? This is when I. Sorry. Um, I'm sorry. Um, no, I didn't hear what Ben said. Yeah, what, I was just saying, are they are they his arrangements as well? Um, to be honest, what I think they are is, I think they are actually, what I think happened is he kind of improvised that, because obviously he knows the music so well, he improvised yeah. it and it got recorded and then I think someone transcribed so transcribed them, yeah. Okay. 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 So my first question is, what's your most embarrassing performance memory or concert memory? Do you know what? It's actually a really recent one. Um, and I'm, I'm even embarrassed to tell you about it. All the um, and it's not embarrassing in like uh, a funny way. It's just embarrassing. Uh, <laughs> I was asked to actually Rich Powell asked me to like guest lead Harrogate Philharmonic, which is a really lovely kind of, you know, village vibe orchestra. And I was terrified. And you know, when your nerves just get in the way, um, and I just had to, I, like, I was walking to, I was playing with Bella Powell, actually, but um, didn't know anyone else. Um, and I was just so underconfident. And they were all older than me. And every rehearsal, I was actually absolutely bricking it. Um, and in the concert, everything went wrong. Like, I, I, I'm not even sure what happened. Like, I don't think it was completely down to me, but it just, it just all fell apart, like, in the actual concert. And I just didn't know what to do. I mean, we carried on playing, and like, yeah, like we pulled off the performance. But I, I literally just wanted the floor to swallow, <laughs> to swallow me up. Swallow you up and... Yeah, oh, it no, was it awful. Was those, oh, and yeah. then I have another one actually, which was I was asked to play um, in this like little festival um, by this amazing violinist, and I, I really look up to her. And they were all. Like, I felt like I was definitely the worst player there. They were all really good. Um, and all of them were, like, doing a solo apart from me. I'd been asked that kind of last minute. Um, and it said on the, like, invite thing, it said, please wear colourful clothes. So I came, I think I actually borrowed it from Ellie Turner, actually. I came in a, like, green dress. 
and they all ended up coming in like black oh no and i was the only one not doing a solo oh it was was awful that was another moment where i was like i i just want to leave like please like let me just become invisible yeah i just wanted to cry it was awful and it was just the fact that i didn't feel confident as a player there either i think if it had been like a uni concert or something i'd be like oh jokes on me but I just, I was mortified. Oh my God, no, I've just remembered a worse one. Okay, you know, um, <laughs> you know, uh, like county orchestras sometimes do concerts at the Royal Albert Hall, it's like a gala thing. We're doing that, it was my first one. I was so excited. I literally leapt into the car and my trousers split like properly, huge, huge that, rip. How do you manage this? It. It's like the, the one where well, you're, I, um, where your uh, buttons started popping off your uh, oh, waistcoat God, as well. Yeah. Okay. How do you manage okay. this stuff? Are you sure you don't do it on purpose? I do My next question is, uh, what was your most rewarding concert at York that you enjoyed? Actually, I have two. Um, ben is not going to like the second one. Um, but the first one <laughs> um, was when Chamber Orchestra did um, Gerald Finzi and Frank Bridge Lament. And I think it was the first year of Chamber Orchestra. And I was so excited to be invited to play. Um, and I was on a desk with Cara and we just messed about like the whole time. But the actual concert was just, oh, I just feel like John just chose such good pieces. And it was just amazing. I just feel like everyone's becoming one. Like that sounds yeah. so cheesy. But <laughs> I just felt so, like so together with the whole, I know. <laughs> but I just felt so together with everyone and like, it was like for those because you know how chamber orchestra works you just rehearse mm. intensely and i just liked that we'd had that intense rehearsal experience and then we got to play cut that bit out about everyone becoming one. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's definitely in. going in <laughs> my second one is every zamar concert which i know you're a, oh, you're a fan of ben <laughs> i used to be in zamar Oh, I thought you didn't like it maybe i got you mixed no, up with brendan where'd you get i think you might be getting me mixed <laughs> up brendan Brendan used to message me every Thursday, like, it's a must, it's a must. <laughs> oh, and I no, but that does there. sound like Brendan. I used to be in Zamar, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, did you did you play piano? No, I, sat, I used to sing in it in, like, my first year, I think. Oh, really? I don't know, I thought you hated it then, I apologise. <laughs> no, no. But, yeah, every Zamar concert. That does sound like Brendan. Absolute though. bangers every time. So my next question is, do you prefer playing first or second violin? Like in quartet? Oh. Or was maybe in it orchestra depends. then in quartet? Okay. It depends what piece it is, I think. Um, As a general That's rule. really interesting. Yeah. Do you know, I think in... Um, I think in orchestra, I prefer playing second. Mainly because the first parts... Um, especially for some of the stuff that John used to choose are horrendous. They just <laughs> yeah. go so high. And I'm like, I can't even read what notes those are. And also I just feel like, I don't know, because actually I mainly did play first in orchestra. Um, and I do really like all the firsts, but I just feel like it's more relaxed in seconds. Um, like Ibrahim went on a um, course. It was so much fun. We thought we... Like it was going to be similar people to us, and it was just a load of older people. <laughs> but it was really like we had so much fun. But um, one of the the cellist in the quartet that was that was coaching us actually said that the um, the second violin should be leading because the mm. first violin has so many notes to worry about that they shouldn't have to worry about leading, which I thought was yeah. really insightful. Um, but actually, no, I think I think I I think I like both. If you were to get arrested for anything, what would it be? Okay, I definitely know what this is. It would <laughs> okay. be public indecency due to... <laughs> Why? I don't know. I just had a feeling you were going to say that. It's because I think that's what Ella said. and I don't know. <laughs> but this would be, um, I have a really weak bladder. So I kind of go to the toilet whenever, whenever I want. Yeah. Um, like I literally had to go on the pavement on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> I, honestly, though, I, I am the same. I have like a really weak bladder as well, and I yeah. sometimes just easy. don't have a choice. It's easier for guys. I mean, without being too 
crude, you can kind of just. Yeah, what is it, Jeff, that makes it easier for guys? <laughs> Pardon? What, what is it that makes it easier for guys? I didn't quite catch that. You just whip your penis out. <laughs> whip, whip my wild. Whereas the females, you does have to like... in his trousers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have to undress and like, you've got your bum out and... Yeah. Like I was I was going for a walk with my friend the other day and I just decided to go to the toilet and he did not warn me that someone was coming. And yeah, just that yeah, there have been so many times where I could have been arrested for public to <laughs> wing and <laughs> Okay, so my next question is what's one thing that really grinds your gears? Do you mean like in a good way or a bad way? No, like bad that you find really irritating is this like a music thing anything 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 yeah Ooh, it could be a music thing really good question or should we know. be more should we be more specific yeah be more specific should we say like something about classical music maybe okay yeah. or the music the music scene yeah okay yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's about good. the industry um do you know what actually it, okay this doesn't grind me but i think this is something that uh, dissuades me from going into the music industry as like a professional musician is I hate how toxic and elitist it can be yeah um I just think music should be like obviously there's you know it's nice to be improving in music and like recognizing good qualities and stuff and be around people that are constantly improving but I just think that music should be should be played to enjoy be enjoyed and anyone that is enjoying music should be celebrated like no matter what yeah um, there shouldn't be and so I, much I just, pressure on people to like be yeah, a certain way and stuff yeah and I remember when I first switched over to music from English and I felt really like like I knew nothing about music because everyone was talking about harmony and like all these different pieces and obscure composers. I had no idea who they were and it made me feel really stupid. Um, and I just, I just, I, that's partly my problem, to be honest. I should have been like, no, I'm here because I love music and that's fine. Um, but yeah, I think that's something that I find frustrating about the music industry because I think it can um, deter, deter others like who aren't, classical musicians as well from enjoying classical music because yeah. it can seem so elitist yeah. um right so. well my last question and the conclusion of our wonderful podcast um is one word to describe yourself jeff i was gonna okay okay but this literally oh it makes me feel sick <laughs> <laughs> but i would say passionate um oh, lovely that's nice. yeah but i but yeah I just I think if I think I feel passionately about so much stuff and I think also I love seeing other people being passionate about something like even if it's something I'm not passionate about I just think I just think that's what life's about really oh um, yeah finding things that you love doing <laughs> thank um, you so much yeah thanks thank so much for coming on thank you it's been really really lovely thanks mm. yeah, this has been fun cool. yeah uh, to be honest, I'm with Jess on this one. I'd be the same. There's something liberating about weeing in public. Yeah. And it's I more hygienic. It. It it's, it's just nature, isn't it, really? Yeah. Yeah. That's what yeah, the outdoors I'm glad, is for. I'm glad we're all united on the, the wild we're weed. A united front, front on yeah. the pissing in public. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Nobel Peace Prize. I'm Dan. I'm Ben. And um, today, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. 